When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 91 Donkey Lane is a magical apartment complex that contains immense power, but lacks intelligent inhabitants. What is happening? I'm getting texts. Why are we getting a lot of texts? People found out what we did. Oh, dividing Mike Myers into an infinite amount of tiny Mike Myers. Listen to 91 Donkey Lane for free on Spotify or your favorite podcasting app. More at 91donkeylane.com. See you there, you donkeys. Everybody and welcome to another episode of Horror Movie Night. This week, we're talking about thinner, thinner, as it's uh, properly pronounced. <laughs> oh, um, guess what? I just watched it. Uh, I'm just going to keep teasing <laughs> the joke and not doing it. <laughs> so I, I, I've really lost track. Is this a Scott or Kyle pick? Where is this land? So I think this is a me pick. I was watching <laughs> it and I'm like, who the fuck picked this? Um, yeah, it was me. I'm pretty sure it was me. <laughs> I think that this my thought process was, was I've run out of yeah I've run out of cannibal whoopsies and so I'm just trying to find anything that's yeah. even remotely about eating or overindulgence. Well, so we also threw this out there before we hit record. I'm pretty sure that thinner kind of got back on our wavelengths a little bit when we did the worst movies from great directors and Tom Holland, I think was on the list and we all unanimously were like, Oh, it's thinner. Yeah. <laughs> thinner's, Which wasn't thinner's his fair, worst movie. Cause I didn't, I hadn't seen it before, but it, it stands. It stands. Yeah. It's, it completely it's still stands. It's really, really boring. Yeah. It's, like, it's, this so, is it's a, a lot of problems. It's, it's offensive. <laughs> yeah. It's, oh yes. It's, it's boring. Mm-hmm. It feels like it's moving, and then you realize that you've been trapped in the third act for like 25 minutes. <laughs> this like, third act will not stop. No, it's a relentless third act. Um, but it's like a second act. You know, it's like so long that it's like the second act just doesn't end, but you dude, know it's the third act because all the action is happening. My and the other thing cut out when he first went to the uh, camp and like. Um, accosted them and got the ball bearing in his hand right and yeah. i was like oh my god okay we're, we're almost to the end like this is like nope. the final battle my internet went out i went back to put on the movie and i was like 42 minutes left no yeah. and it's, it's a the, long 42 minutes it's, it's long 42 it moves minutes. i feel like it moves up until that point to a certain extent and then it just man to the not that there's ever a good point in this movie but man to the brakes really kick yeah. in i yeah. want to talk about some IMDb facts right out the gate, though, because 
I think the IMDb facts really capture a lot of what I think is wrong with this movie beyond the the obvious ones. Because um, I feel like this movie doesn't ever fulfill any of the promise of what the premise could be at all. Uh, no. So originally the pl- pr- uh, originally the crew planned to do much more gruesome FX makeup, which would have had Billy's flesh dangling off of a protruding jaw and cheekbones. But partway into the filming, they all decided that it was too horrific and cut it. Like, what? The mean, movie's called the, Thinner. That's like that's why we're want. here. Yeah, that's, like, it's like, that's exactly why I was there when I was just getting like, j- like bones and sort of like more defined jaw lines. I was like, no, this is not. Yeah, the dude's not also still, asking for better, better features. No, like, and that's the problem. Is, it makes it really difficult as well because you're having these doctors be like. I'm giving you permission to quit the diet. And I'm like, this dude looks like he he's Scott. He looks like Scott right now. Like, like he's not like horrifically skinny. He's just like human skinny. <laughs> like they yeah. didn't, I feel like they could have done so much more for him to be like horrifically skeletal. Like towards the yeah. end, it should have been basically a puppet of a skeleton with like flesh, just like barely clinging didn't on. Didn't you seem that they see that they put like some black makeup under his uh, under his cheekbones to make him look extra emaciated. Yeah. Come on. All right. So they this try. is a horrible story. We're going to talk about Tom Holland for a little bit. While in production, co-writer and director Tom Holland was stricken with Bell's palsy, a verse that paralyzed paralyzed one side of his face. The effects could have been minimalized if he had gotten a steroid shot immediately, but the other producers insisted that he continued to work It was 36 hours before he was able to see a doctor and it took him over a year and a half for him to fully recover from the Bell's palsy. Um, And I was, cause I was thinking that I was like, I think this movie killed Tom Holland's career because he didn't do another movie for like years after this, but this film was financially successful. I think he just was literally sick for like two and a half years yeah, before he could mention, even consider like, directing again. Why would you even want to step foot into a toxic environment like that again after realizing that? One hundred percent. Yeah, you know? they didn't like, give a just, shit about him, been, and he's been in the system for so long. You know, I'm I'm yeah. putting you know putting words into his mouth, and because I'm jaded but, and cynical too. But God, that sucks. And then the last fact about Tom Holland that I have, and we'll dive into this for sure in the episode, listeners, but director Tom Holland was never happy with the ending. The producers changed the original one, which was faithful to the novel, because the test audiences hated it and said that they wanted more gore. They shot more gruesome footage of his wife's ultimate fate, but it was not utilized in the final cut of the film. Um, We'll get into that in a second. And then the last interesting fact here, because it ties into a recent episode we did, Dino De, De Laurentiis originally sought to produce this movie in 1986 after completing Maximum Overdrive, another ah. Stephen King adaptation. He originally sought Sam Raimi to direct, Scott Spiegel to write it, and Robert to, uh, Teppert to produce it, but they were all busy working on Evil Dead 2, so he eventually just helped produce Evil Dead 2 instead. I would watch a 1987 Sam Raimi yeah. adaptation of this movie, and I won't don't want to spoil my double feature, but I think we eventually got the Sam Raimi version of this, like three decades God later. Damn it! Dude. <laughs> hey, you God get to pick a double it. feature first, so keep that in I mind. I know, but now I need to find something else because I just won't feel right by by taking it. <laughs> um, There's a moral. He has a moral compass on this show. 
Okay. Something something about this movie that I've always remembered is that I actually think that the posters and the trailers in 1996 scared me way more than this movie was ever possible to be scary. Uh, yeah. Because there's like it's like that face with the skull like superimposed over yeah. top of it, and like that's a really cool image. And I swear I couldn't find the trailer to watch it in time, but I swear that there's a shot in the trailer where he like lifts up his shirt, and it is just like skin clinging to a rib cage and it's like really gnarly looking and that would have been cool to be in this movie but i don't think it is like (laughs) like i just it's so much possibility to do with this premise and they they kind of just wimped out on all of it like we barely Mm -hmm. even get to see like like the i was like we should have seen so much more of the lizard man you know what i mean like more than just like a quick yeah, cameo I in really, a nightmare really scene really want yeah and i cuz mm-hmm. i was like man are we not going to see the lizard man cuz this is only the second time i've watched this movie this so, is the last one for me yeah, same second and last oh, for me yeah second and last i <laughs> i i really i knew that going in that this wasn't a good movie but i was like oh there's some there's some cheese in here right now no. no it's just not there, a whole lot going on it feels on. like there should be the like the yes. tone of the whole thing it doesn't feel like 96 it feels a little more like 91 like it feels yeah. like okay. it's, it's well because it everybody's wearing dated. you know beige yeah <laughs> yeah so oh, plenty of shades of beige like if they I'll, did yeah. no, if you guys there's... ever follow color palette uh cinema on instagram or mm-hmm. whatever where they yep. do the yeah like this would just be all all beige tones <laughs> it'd be pretty brutal so i need a lot of white folk. i i i'm I mostly agree with you. I do think that there is one moment of cheese that literally had me laugh out loud. Uh, and it is the character of Richie the Hammer, right? Oh, this yeah. stereotypical Italian mobster. And our main character calls him up to see what he knows about curses. And he says, he says, well, I don't know anything, but I'll ask my mom because my mom tends to know these types of things, which is a weird line. And then he literally just turns around and is like, hey, ma. And then this <laughs> Italian woman yeah. just yeah. shows up and they talk Italian to each other for like two minutes. And He's then he the gets back on the phone. And, yeah, yeah. And he gets back on the phone and just gives exposition <laughs> to our main character. It's the most ridiculous thing to happen in this movie. It's. Yeah, I laughed so hard, and I don't think that that was supposed to be funny. It <laughs> destroyed me. It was hysterical. I mean, I, I, I feel like clinging to any semblance of entertainment value while watching Thinner is the right decision. Um, you know, because I'll also give the the nightmare scene. The nightmare, like the nightmare carnival scene. scene with like the the dolls of them hanging yeah. up was like, I'm like, man. If this movie was more of that scene and less of the rest of this movie, <laughs> I would be like, you know what? Thinner's not good, but it's a fun watch. Like it's worth like checking out. I got not there's nothing. This is I feel- it's offensive to literally everybody. Oh yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> it's not, like it doesn't it's feel bad great. phobic, it's it's mm. anti-Romany. Yeah. Um and I, I just want to the listeners to know that we are not going to use the G word because it's a slur. Um watching it was painful because they use it they a threw it lot around a lot more than i yeah. thought yeah i was like oh they probably say it once or twice and it oh, was yeah. truly truly used as a slur too it wasn't like a, a poor descriptor you know what i mean like yeah. it was no, like, no, they no, even no. used the short they used the shortened version of it which just seems even yeah. worse yeah <laughs> but but the the other thing that i had to laugh about is the casting in this movie oh because it is insane that the woman that he hits is 
the daughter of the guy with the nose thing. It's because the guy is 106 years old in the book, by the way. Okay, see, that makes more sense. They did not, they casted a woman who looks older than him. Older than him, yeah. What they should have done is they should have cast someone who was the same age, but with less old people makeup on. Yeah, like I was just like, she looks like it was his mom that got it. Like it's, she looks I forgot that it was his daughter until... I, they said it I, in the I, courthouse because I well I was not paying that much attention in the courthouse scenes because I do not like court movies they're boring as shit. Well, they um, move through this courthouse pretty quick. At least it's yeah, like a I know, two but I scene. wasn't paying attention. <laughs> um, and and once I remembered that it was my pick, I was like, man, I got no nobody to blame but myself. <laughs> but here's the thing about the so the the conceit of the movie is that the main character is Billy Billy Halleck Halleck sure. Whatever something like that, um, is a um, very obese and very arrogant lawyer. He gets this mobster off of a um, a a a hit charge, even though it's probably like he did put out a hit for this guy. Um, In any case, he gets he he goes out to dinner with his wife and like I guess the guy who's the other partner at his firm, and then in the book. His wife gives him a handy in the car on the way home, and he's about to come, and then he runs over the um, old woman who is actually the daughter of the chieftain. I don't know if that is yeah. an offensive term. Tom Holland upped the ante on what happens in that and he car. Comes, and he comes <laughs> even harder. <laughs> yeah, like, well, here's the thing is that Stephen King and Handjobs, name a more iconic duo. Right. I'll wait. Do you um, think? Do you so, think that Stephen King specifically asked for his cameo to happen in the middle of the roadhead oh, handjob right. yeah. sequence? Yeah, yeah. Like, I'll only do this cameo on if. No, do we not have a Stephen King bingo? Uh, we should Ooh. absolutely be doing like a. Stephen there's King. a well, Patreon I mean, episode as we if make. If there's a handjob, that's really Patreon. Like the... Patreon content. We will make a Stephen King bingo card for people to download <laughs> and use anytime right. they watch a Stephen King movie. But that means we'd have, we'd have to wa- rewatch. We have to watch another Stephen King movie. No, 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 no. No, um, well, we can just make one. Well, Listen, to, to, I'm sick of it. To, we don't need this stuff to tie in. Half the time I have to shift our schedule around all the time it's anyway. It's better. Very true. <laughs> so here's the thing is that. So one, um, I I don't think that the amount of head bobbing that the wife is doing in the car is commensurate with the length of Billy's penis. No. Nope. Um, so it felt very comical. I knew it was going to happen, um, you know, as he's driving and all that. And and so I did get some enjoyment out of that. Um, not sexual, but um, just some some enjoyment out of that. But um, <laughs> um, I I do love this thing that Stephen King does, where he makes himself a kind of a loser in in pretty much every movie that i've seen him in yeah he never um, he never cameos as a winner not a cool guy <laughs> um which is really that's that's kind of a that's a that's a scott move if there ever was one um <laughs> i've never been in a movie and i've also never had a book turned into a movie because i don't if have you had a book. choice but if this if if this was my trajectory in life, I'd be doing the exact same shit. <laughs> well, listen, when they make the film based on Hail Satan, you know how they I, always I, make cookbooks into movies. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they do. And speaking of in speaking of consuming things, Kyle, I I just heard a little a little yeah. spritz. I had to ask mom, the bartender, uh, what we had and which, if she knew about any uh, Romani curses. Uh, but what what I ended up getting was a 
was a Bud Light Next. It's a zero carb, super crisp light beer <laughs> uh, because thinner. Because if you're on a diet, hell yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, so uh, shout out to shout out to friend of the show Evan Fonseca for leaving these in my fridge. Um, oh, and I have I have one this. as well. I don't have a sorry. I don't have a Bud Light um, next. Um, I was trying to find a strawberry sour or something of those um, along that line. Um, I couldn't. So I was like, oh, if we're talking like Romany booze that mm-hmm. plays into what this movie is about, I made strawberry cordial in the summer and this is the last of it. So, um, ah, uh, you know, cheers to the perfect, last of you know, it. it. Eat your own pie. I want to, before we get to the ending of this movie, because Thank that's you. the big okay. thing we have to talk about. Yeah. I want to focus on one last thing. I want to talk about, is it Carrie Wurr's hair? No, because it's but huge, that is right? also a problem. <laughs> but why not? <laughs> there's, there's, look, the way that they depict obesity in this movie is so offensive. As as a person who has obese friends, as a person who has podcasting people that we're friends with who are obese, they depict the source of obesity like you have to be Homer Simpson, that you just cannot pass a table with food and not want to eat every single thing that's presented on the t- on the table. Like, I'm like, this is insane. Like, he's like walking around like holding whole fucking cakes in his hand, just like eating it with a foot. Like, it's like, this is so grossly also, offensive the, how they're the, depicting the, this. It doesn't help that the, um, the actor, um, Robert John Burke, the guy that played Billy, he always looks like he's about to open a present. Now, yeah. I thought that that was his face because he was in a fat suit. But then when he is in an emaciated fat suit, he's still making this like weird kind of smirk and his eyes are wide and there's a glint in him. It it's, looks like he's about to open a fucking present and it does not help when he's got like two ham hocks in each yeah. hand. You know? well, it, and it also doesn't help that he talks like a Christian Bale Batman the entire movie. Yeah, he's like... <laughs> he does. He talks like Archer. Is what yeah, I, I heard he a lot does. of Archer. And I like is, or no, no, oh my God, I just realized who it sounded like, but it's such a deep cut. If anyone ever watched Assy McGee, he talks the way that Assy McGee was What voiced. the fuck is Assy McGee? It was a very short-lived Adult Swim cartoon that was Dirty Harry, but if Dirty Harry was literally just two butt cheeks on with legs. <laughs> And it, just, it was an incredible cartoon. Um, but Kyle, that's you, the most the adult swim that thing elevator ever. pitch I've ever heard. Kyle, you did a little bit of research for yeah. us because I was searching up trivia. You looked up because we were saying that the makeup doesn't seem that far removed from the Nutty Professor. So we wanted to see if the same team worked on this. But you found out something even more incredible about yes. who did these yeah. prosthetics. Yeah. Now there was there was a big there was a big team, obviously, because there's a, there's quite a few things happening in here. Um, but I I was looking and I recognized the name Vincent J. Gustini. Uh, and I was like, okay, I know that person's done a lot. And so I scrolling back on their IMDb all the way as them in makeup department. So not specifically special makeup effects, but makeup department. The first credit for Homeboy, Spookies. Now, it doesn't stop there, okay? <laughs> Next up. So a couple Man, of these... you guys just spoiled all of my double features. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, okay. Well, okay. I'm kidding. I'm, I'm kidding. Okay. So a couple other ones here. Doom Asylum, Mind Killer, right up to Blades. And then we get immediately <laughs> after that. Toxic Avenger Part 3. 
But oh, wow. the worst of the franchise. Wait, is Toxie is Toxie three the one where the guy gets smushed in the wheelchair? Nope, that's Toxie two, it's and we. Two. Look, I don't want to spoil an upcoming Patreon slash uh, charity live stream uh, event thing, but uh, Toxie 2 is celebrating an anniversary next year, so I think it might be time to finally watch it. Uh, but the last one that popped out at me before, and this is, I'll stop at 1990 because it just goes <laughs> on and on and on, but which metamorphosis do you think he did? Yours. He did your metamorphosis. Wrong! He did the no! alien factor. <laughs> he literally had a 50-50 chance and we got it wrong. Damn it. Um, all right, I want to talk about the ending in this movie. We can skip so much of the middle of this movie. It's pointless. I mean, do you want to skip the part where there's it's it's basically mini Vietnam? Yeah. There's so much gunfire. There's so many explosions. I had to think about that. <laughs> yeah, no, I do because it's stupid and adds nothing to the plot. Um, but yeah, Richie the Hammer, uh, yes, just shows up like Rambo blowing up their camp he's out of nowhere. Dressed in a, he's got a black beret on. He is Rambo. Yeah, it's insane. Um, I want to talk about, well, first of all, we find out that the judge uh, who was Lizard Man ultimately decided to kill himself. And boy, was his wife ever callous on the phone call, cracking wise when he calls and she's like, he drove his car off of a bridge and exploded. It's convenient. He always wanted to be cremated. I'm like, your husband just died. Your husband she literally the, just she died. She got the insurance payout. She didn't she like was him probably in the first my favorite place. character, honestly. Oh, yeah. Her, she, her, when he go, Billy goes to visit her, she's pretty hilarious. She's great. Yeah. Oh, she's, she's just great. drunk and just like, you guys all fucked up. You all made mistakes. You deserve this. Um, also, well, right before we get into that ending, I'm sorry. I, I do have one thing. I just, is it just me or is Daniel Von Bargen? He's the, he's the policeman. Mm -hmm. He's looked the same for 30 years, right? Like I was going to say, I, the second he showed man, up, I'm like, I know that guy. And I feel like he's played a cop for 30 years or yeah. like, <laughs> well, it also doesn't help that he played a cop in fucking, um, super troopers. So yeah. You know, the movie that I've probably watched more than any of his other well, definitely I've watched that movie more than anything else in, in his uh in his 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 filmography. So um but yeah, like he just he's always oh, looked the exact guy. same. And it's funny character actors are funny like that because you know it's almost a slap in the face to be a character actor when you look like him because you know you're never going to be a leading man no but it's it's like when we talk about those characters like biff whiff or whatever where it's like they are literally just you scroll through their career and it's just like bum bum homeless man bum like yeah. like yeah. there's just certain people that's just like hey man you gotta look i'm sorry <laughs> like this is this is the role that is going to be yours um yours. so the ending forever the ending of the book I want to talk about the ending of the book versus the ending of the movie. For the most part, it follows the same beat. He's given a pie. He says it's a strawberry pie. His blood's been mixed into it. Um, the curse is temporarily halted. Someone has to eat the pie to get the curse. He recommends be a man, eat the pie, die with dignity. Um, and the guy thinks that his wife is cheating on him, decides he's going to make the wife eat the pie, and then everything will be great, but then finds out that his wife and his daughter have eaten the pie. In the book, he literally, filled with grief about his daughter, decides to cut himself a slice of the pie as well, so they all just die. Um, I thought that it was I thought the end of it was that he ate the rest of the pie. Yeah, so he ate the rest live. of the pie, so yeah, so he eats okay, the whole okay. pie. The movie version, 
he goes to get a slice of the pie. And then also in the book version, it's very heavily implied that his wife was in fact not cheating on him. And it was just all him being paranoid. And it's the very mo- heavily implied. <laughs> the yeah. opposite. Yeah. The movie, they're just like straight up like, yeah, she's been cheating on him. Here's yeah. the doctor yeah. showing up in the morning. And I have two questions that came from me. First of all, how does he plan to explain his wife's corpse in the bed? Like at some point, it's just like, I don't know, her eyes exploded with strawberry jam and she's emaciated overnight. Like there's going to be questions. Yeah. And then secondly, like he's so sad that his daughter's dying, but then it takes this dumb ending where it implies that because his wife was in fact cheating, it negates all of that. And he's fine with killing Like, cause it's, he says it in a way where it's not just like, Oh, I'm going to die still with, with Dr. Mike, it just sounds like, Oh, I'm going to kill Dr. Mike now instead yeah, of eating no, I, this pie. I don't think that the, it, it's, it's to me, the way I, I watched the ending, it was that he was going to live and he yeah. was going to kill the doctor. Yeah, and it's like I that mean, takes away every off with murder. So yeah, well, but it's like more? this is this whole thing was a morality. It's supposed to be a morality tale at the end. It's supposed mm-hmm. to be like you didn't own stuff, and now you've had to suffer great loss, and now you're going to finally, for the first time in your life, make the the right decision. And they just negate it. Like I totally wow. understand why Tom Holland hated this ending so much. Um, I'm I wouldn't be shocked if Tom Holland just straight up disowned this movie because, like I said earlier, it's Might. just unfulfilled promise like there's so much that could be good in this movie and it just isn't it's a real bummer 91 donkey lane is a magical apartment complex that contains immense power but lacks intelligent inhabitants what is happening i'm getting texts why are we getting a lot of texts people found out what we did oh dividing mike myers into an infinite amount of tiny mike myers Listen to 91 Donkey Lane for free on Spotify or your favorite podcasting app. More at 91donkeylane.com. See you there, you donkeys. 91 Donkey Lane is a magical apartment complex that contains immense power but lacks intelligent inhabitants. What is happening? I'm getting texts. Why are we getting a lot of texts? People found out what we did. Oh, dividing Mike Myers into an infinite amount of tiny Mike Myers. Listen to 91 Donkey Lane for free on Spotify or your favorite podcasting app. More at 91donkeylane.com. See you there, you donkeys. If you're going to have to watch it, you could watch something else to make the night a little bit better. So, Scott, I do have to ask, what would you put on? Well, uh, it sounds the like night. you and I would both be putting on Drag Me to Hell. Probably, yeah. That's fine. You have Drag Me to Hell. I have a, a number two that I had written down. No, no. Um, the number two is thinner. Oh, and, yes, that's true. Because it's, it's uh, number two. <laughs> Kyle, how about you? What would you double feature this with? It, it wouldn't be a super fun night by any means, but I keep I want to watch Bruiser, George Romero's Bruiser, as one what of those... Hell like Bruiser? Yeah. It's probably, aside from some of the Dead trilogy, maybe one of his like worse films. Okay. Um, <laughs> really selling us? Yeah, I actually like it's actually because I'm just interested in watching it again, and it feels like the covers were kind of like like similar to me when I had seen them in the video yeah, stores. They, they actually like, look quite similar. You're right. There is something along the lines of like somebody sort of turning into something, somebody else, not via curse, but more of like a persona thing. And um, 
I don't know. It's, it feels like a little like class, like there's a little class issue there too. And I don't know. I, I, that's what I was thinking about as I kept watching this. Maybe it's just because I wanted to watch something else. All right. So I think I'm the only one who has a movie that will truly make the night better. Um, and this, what, and drag this, me to hell. I actually really like drag me to hell. It is, it is really good, but I feel like they're both very difficult movies to watch for different oh, reasons. Y- yes. Yeah. Drag me. I, I like drag me to hell more now than I did the first time I watched it when it came yeah, out. No, I want us to have fun. Yes. And I yeah. didn't have this written down originally, but when Kyle mentioned that this movie feels more like 1991 and I looked at the photo behind him, uh, on the video call, I said, Hmm, that lighting Makes me think of a movie that I love from about 1991 to 1993, and that is, of course, Dr. Giggles. I'm going to pop on Dr. Giggles right after (laughs) Thinner. It weirdly feels like it works. It fits. It actually fits. And it fulfills the promise of what its premise is way better than Thinner. So. Uh, yeah. I'm going with with Doctor Giggles on this one. That's a um, that's a really solid double feature. Thank I think you. that you win. I know it's not a competition, but you win. No, but you thank do you. win. You win. All right. Well, guys, we've got another segment coming up. It's the newest segment on our show. Everyone loves it. They love when I say the name. What's going on? Um, and <laughs> for this segment, uh, we don't really have anything in our personal lives too much to promote. But what we will say is we do have a Patreon, patreon.com backslash HMN podcast. You can see what image is behind Kyle that I'm referring to. Uh, We've got a store that you can come to and buy all types of great swag, be it enamel pins, t-shirts, and bars of soap. And I will be part of two live streams. These guys will be part of one of them uh, Mm -hmm. on November 24th, which is Black Friday. Uh, One Hit Thunder will be celebrating four years with a live stream at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And on December 8th, from midnight to midnight, is the Geekscape 24-hour holiday live stream, fourth annual uh, we haven't figured out the exact time that our segment will be on that just yet, but we will be doing maybe like a half hour of some Patreon content for the new year, looking at what movies have anniversaries coming up in 2024, as well as uh, one of my new favorite things. What horror movies came out in 2014 that have now officially crossed the threshold yeah. into being eligible for our show? Uh, so stay tuned for all of that. And now to tie up the episode we got to know what is everybody watching scott what have you watched that you want to talk about creep show season four on shutter Ooh, which what? i i four sp- yeah yeah i actually i don't even remember the third season so was i was the third if I season the it. animated specials and they just count that no, as the third season no there's oh. a full third season um wow. I, I i think that i've watched everything i just don't remember in any case i'll have to go back to season three and see if i'll start from the beginning and see if i if i remember it all but um if if i have watched it then it was pretty forgettable but season four is so much fun i really really love it it's it was just such a blast watching it and then watching thinner was actually the worst possible thing i could do because (laughs) um thinner really feels like a tales from the crypt like an ec comic right yeah so like a little bit of a little bit more backstory of the book was that Stephen King wrote it under the pseudonym Richard Bachman, released it in '84. Um, and I feel like it's one of the weirder Bachman books, though. It feels it more like feel a Stephen like a, King book yeah. than a Bachman book. Yeah, yeah. Most of the Bachman mm-hmm. books really are thriller-y. Um, yeah, they're outside of the horror genre. I think this yeah, is the only directly horror one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess Running Man um, or uh, The Long Walk. The Long Walk is what they use for the Running Man, yeah. right? Or no, no, there was a. Or separate is it actually one. the Running Man? There, yeah. Um, in any case, um, 
that feels a little bit more like sci-fi e um but this is the only one that I remember reading because I read all the Bachman books when I was in junior high. Um, but it's the only one I remember reading feeling like it was like, this is very obviously Stephen King. Um, yeah. But it feels so EC Comics, which is obviously such a huge influence on Stephen King. And, you know, he, you know, he did the Creepshow movie, the first one. And um, man, man, it's so funny how Creepshow as, a, as the, mo the movie Creepshow, and then even probably to a certain extent Creepshow 2, they don't work nearly as well for me at least as a six episode series mm -hmm. so that means you get 12 stories because each story is about 25 minutes and they're 50 minute episodes on shutter it's the exact same concept yeah it's like i mean it's, it's it's three episodes of the show or it's one and a half episodes of the show put into a movie but for some reason the show works so much better and i'm not even a tv show guy I've i just about think that ad nauseum I think anthology horror always works better in TV format. Like Tales from the Crypt has a lot of clunkers, a lot of mm -hmm. them. But when it's when it's strong, like you just like forget about the fact that you sat through like three episodes that didn't inspire yeah. you because like the good episode is so good. Yeah, um, very true. Yeah, but yeah, no, you're right. it's, huge, it's huge, weird. huge recommendation. If you um, if you liked any of the old stuff um, from uh, even if you like the Creepshow movies. You would you will love the Creepshow TV show, nice. and season four is is very good. How about you, Kyle? What have you got for us? I um, so actually, I did I did maybe have something to promote, but I don't know when <laughs> it comes out. But it ties in with what I watched. Uh, our friends uh, over at Video Monsters they do these crazy popcorn punch out ranking things that are hours in length and really exhausting. However, long form. Long form, long, long, long form. Uh, and I mean that with love because I have a blast being on them. But they're going to do a um, Texas Chainsaw ranking uh, game. Oh, and you're going to show be... up and fuck up the rankings by really fighting I'm for uh, next, next generation. generation. I'm going to fuck it up. I actually think that I got them on, on my side a little bit, uh, especially since it didn't get picked for their 1995 punch out um, or 94, whatever the year we ended up doing. But anyway, I, I revisited I. Again, no time to do anything, but I really tried to at least throw on one that I hadn't watched in a while. So I watched the 2003 remake, the Platinum Dunes remake uh, of Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And it's probably been 10 years. Actually, it, it was on my letterbox. I had watched it at some point in time. and I don't remember how or why. But, <laughs> um, I'm going to say I'm going to round that to 10 years. Um, and... I remember people, including myself, being like, as far as like horror remakes go, it's pretty solid, right? Like, I remember kind of like not. I think I was one of the only people that hate. I've only watched it once. I hated it when I saw it, but I also was coming from it as like the Texas Chainsaw Massacre is a masterpiece. Why would you ever right. even attempt to do this? And, and I, I think I was getting frustrated of like, why did they show Leatherface's face without the mask? Like, why would they like? There was like these things that they um, did that I'm like, yeah, this is sacrilege. Voldemort? Like, yeah, it's bad. But, but I mean, I don't know. Everyone else loves it, so maybe I should rewatch it. No, 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 okay. no, no. no. Oh, but, so also, think, don't listen to Kyle if he says you should watch something. You know better. No, I, I trust so this Kyle. This is not a. This is not a recommend. I actually, I'm, I'm coming at it from more of what Matt's saying now, and I think that people give it the pass. And the people who give it a pass sometimes maybe don't hold Texas Chainsaw into high regard as we might, right? So, like, 
because I think that the movie can be pretty polarizing, the, the original, where like some people are just like, oh, it's just like a low budget slasher with a guy with a chainsaw. So then if you view it like that, then you might like the Platinum Dunes one because there's like. But if more you watch it as like literally more... one of the scariest, most well paced movies ever made, then it's like what the then fuck it's, is this? Then you're a yeah. then it's a bummer. Then it's a bummer, yeah. and it's a, the movie's aggressive and icky. Arlie Emery is like that is two thousand three un- baby. <laughs> yeah, and like there's a couple of cool like moments and shots and like interesting things, but on the whole. <laughs> The hole in the head is the interesting <laughs> shot. Uh, that's what I was referring to. Yeah. <laughs> um, and other than that, it is, it's just not it. And I remember like there was a bunch of like um, backstory and family history and like all these things that I thought were going to be kind of like fun. And it's not. It's, Platinum it's Dooms. I feel like a lot of their remakes, they tried to put backstory in places that didn't need backstory and everything's really. wet like, and it's texas yeah, it's, and it's like yeah. why it's pouring it's, ass rain at the end of the movie is like no it's not so it's not so it. speaking of everything being wet and gross um i'm gonna about talk about me? a very yeah no i'm gonna talk about a very gross documentary that i watched on hulu that i do think is a good documentary but it is a tough watch um and it's the monster inside documentary which is about McKim, uh, McKinney Manor. Oh, McKamey Manor. McKamey Manor. And this one, now our friend John made a documentary a couple years ago on mm-hmm. Netflix called Scares, the Art, or Haunters, the Art of the Scare. Oh, that was a lot about this. Uh, I would love to know John's perspective on this particular doc because this particular doc mostly follows five people who are still 10 years after the fact having severe trauma and issues and are campaigning to have the building put down and something done with Russ because he's showing increasingly more and more sociopathic uh, and dangerous things. Now he doesn't hire anybody to do the torturing. It's just him and the person alone oh my for God. 10 hours. And oh they're like, he's getting way too much glee out of what he's doing to these people. And the fact that there's no other witnesses to what's happening is very unnerving. Um, and it, it, it's just a, it's a hard doc to watch, but I think it's an important doc to watch because while they're doing it, they are also explaining the benefits of stuff like that, like extreme horrors. And they show the one girl towards the end does a different extreme haunt. And I am spoiling a little bit of this, but they talk about how like their entire life has been filled with abuse. Their entire life has been filled with like pain and they need it. They felt like doing something like that would help them feel in control of a situation again and that they could push through it. Um, And they show all the footage where she's just being tortured to the point of crying and begging to make it stop when she's with Russ. And then they show a very similar thing that is equally as intense, but afterwards she's put into a safe room and the actor comes in and like drops the act and talks to her very calmly and says like, you did such a great job. Like you, like we're here for you. Let me know if you need anything. We have drinks for you. Like, like it was just like she said, it was night and day having someone sit down with you and like, drop the character and treat you like a human being and like walk you through what went on in the room and make sure that you're okay and that you're processing it. Okay. And Russ, who just wants to stay in that character 24 seven and never wants to not be that. So yeah, that that just becomes, yeah, that just becomes who you are. Um, So I do think it's a very well made doc. 
It feels like that's like aftercare, you know? Yeah. Um, you almost, need that. Uh, uh, but yeah. I also really, the overlap of like sadomasochistic sexual fantasies and some of that extreme haunt stuff. It's too much from, for me. I could never, I, I'm perfectly happy with my yeah. random kids in a farm that built some cool animatronics and I'm like riding on a hay barrel through it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. And I really think <laughs> that stuff like McKamey gives haunts an incredibly bad name incredibly um, because the, bad. the people that want the extreme haunt are, are going to ne- act out negatively in a regular haunt. Right. And because they are expecting to get a rise out of somebody and then get what they want. And then on the other side, it's going to make people scared of haunts because they're like, oh, somebody's going to abuse me. I'm getting, I mean, I'm they, paying someone to abuse me. I, I genuinely think that there is going to be if they don't shut that place down, I think there will be a point where someone dies. Oh, there's under, going to be a under, under Ru- Ross, Russ's care, uh, care in quotes. But. While Russ might not care about you, Horror Movie Night cares about you, and we care to stick to our schedule. We'll be back if you here want, every Thursday. If you Thursday. watch dinner and you need to talk about it, if you want some drinks Look, or Facebook, some, Instagram, we uh, yeah. we have a safe space where you can talk to us about your feelings after suffering through thinner. Yeah. And we'll be here every week. Happy to talk to you here at Horror Movie Night. <laughs> Ninety-one Donkey Lane is a magical apartment complex that contains immense power, but lacks intelligent inhabitants. What is happening? I'm getting texts. Why are we getting a lot of texts? People found out what we did. Oh, dividing Mike Myers into an infinite amount of tiny Mike Myers. Listen to Ninety-One Donkey Lane for free on Spotify or your favorite podcasting app. More at 91donkeylane.com. See you there, you donkeys. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.